Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The last 26 starts for most of the NBA tonight. And uh, to talk about it, we bring on Trevor Lane. He is from Lakers Nation. He also does the front office show with Keith Smith. He is on X at Trevor underscore Lane. Trevor, how's it going, man? Oh, doing well. Happy to have basketball back tonight. The All-Star game, that didn't really count. It feels like it's been a lifetime <laughs> right. since we've seen an NBA game on. So uh, so I'm excited to get things back and moving again tonight. Did you, uh, I, 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 I'm uh, hesitant to ask this question, did you uh, enjoy the All-Star break? Uh, you know what, I did because I went uh, I went on vacation, man. I just I knew <laughs> what was coming with this All-Star. I said, forget it. I'm not going to waste my time on the All-Star game. That was a mess. Um, All-Star Saturday night was interesting. That was a little bit more fun. But, yeah, the All-Star game itself, no, I got out of town and uh, and didn't miss a thing. Yeah, and we're just talking about fixes. That's what we do. We just copy and paste the same question every year. What do you do to fix it? And it's just like, I don't know. Incentivize it. That's all I can really think of. But outside of that, it's just it, the players have to care. And I don't even know if incentivizing it will make them care. Yeah, that's it exactly. We saw it with the in-season tournament. If the players care, the fans will care. If the players don't care, the fans aren't going to care either. And that's what we're getting at. And that's okay. Maybe maybe we just say, hey, it is what it is. It's a break in the middle of the season. It's a chance to, to take a breather before we get into the home stretch. And maybe we just say we're okay with that, especially now that the in-season tournament is, is off and running. All right, now that we're out of the All-Star break, holler at me about this LeBron injury. He's going to be listed out tonight on TNT against the Warriors. They're supposed to travel to the Bay, and he looked uh, pretty healthy, I mean, in the All-Star game and through the All-Star break. Um, considering against the War- it's against the Warriors, I think it's going to be hyped up. It's going to be talked about more um, because you want to see Steph and LeBron on the court at the same time as much as possible. It's good for the consumer. It's good for the NBA, ultimately. But what do you make of all this? Like, is it is it is it frustrating? Is it... Um, do, do, do you, do you sort of think the Lakers are, are just trying to load manage at this moment? Like what, what do you make of LeBron being out first game out of the all-star break when seemingly they had some rest? Well, I haven't, uh, I haven't got any confirmation from the Lakers specifically, but it sounded like the way LeBron was talking during his media availability during all-star weekend, it, it was that he was going to have something, some work done on his ankle after the all-star game. And, you know, a lot of Lakers fans are frustrated if that's the case. Why wasn't that done before the All-Star game? Why was the All-Star game a priority? Shouldn't, have this done, shouldn't that game have been skipped if that would mean he's back in time for this game against the Warriors? The Warriors are one game back, or at least one slot behind the Lakers right now in terms of the standings. They're sitting in 10th. The Lakers are in 9th. So there's some frustration on, on that side of things. Why did LeBron play in the All-Star game and now not play? 
uh, in this game against the Warriors, which is is pivotal in terms of the playoff race. Now, I don't I don't know exactly what the situation was. I think where I ultimately landed that if playing in the All Star game in any way could have prevented him from playing in this game or diminished the chances of him playing in this Warriors game that he should not have played. He should have gone, smiled and waved, and never stepped foot on the floor. The NBA probably doesn't like that answer. And and conversely, if doctors said, you know what, you're not going to wind up uh, changing what's going to happen, you're going to have to miss this Warriors game no matter what, then fine, get out there on the floor, throw down a dunk or two, and then unfortunately you've got this scheduled uh, game that you're going to miss here against the Warriors. So I think that's where I land on it. Um, but Lakers fans, not thrilled that LeBron played in the All-Star game in general. Uh, not thrilled that he played in the All-Star game and I was missing this important game against the Warriors. Now, I want to break down these teams' playoff chances uh, one by one. Let's start with the Lakers. They are three and a half games behind uh, the Pelicans for the sixth spot in the Western Conference. What do you think about them making a run? And, and what do you think about their playoff aspirations? I, I think it's it's interesting. Um, we've always talked about Anthony Davis and, and his availability and, and you know him being injured and uh, maybe not ready for playoff situations. He has been healthy just about all year. And this is one of his, I mean, statistically one of the best years of his career. But what do you think about this Lakers team heading down the stretch of this season? Well, what's interesting, it really feels like they're picking up some momentum right now. And they've actually, over the last 10 games, they have a better net rating with LeBron off the floor than on, which I I can't remember a time where that's ever been the case. It's typically been LeBron subs out and everything falls apart for the Lakers. Now, I don't think that would hold over the long term. I think some of that small sample size. But you've got a lot of guys that have really stepped up their game over the last few weeks. D'Angelo Russell has been fantastic. Rui Hachimura has started to pick things up. He's had a really strong three games, including... Uh, last three, including uh, his last game against the Jazz heading into the break. He had a, a career-high 36 points. So, uh, And Austin Reeves seems to have rebound his efficiency. So this team is playing with a lot of confidence right now. There's a lot of energy, a lot of positive momentum around them. So I think they are really looking at not just making it into the play-in, but they really want to move up. And that's not going to be easy in a Western Conference where teams just keep winning games, but they want to move up and they think they, they can do it. Um, it's going to take quite a run if they're going to move all the way up to, say, the sixth seed or something and get out of the play-in. But uh, but they believe they can do it. Now, the Warriors are staring that thing down. I heard Brandon Pajimski, he was he was talking about trying to get to that sixth six spot. Warriors have been playing better ball, I'd say, for the most part. Um, I mean, uh, before the All-Star break, they, what, won, uh, they won six out of seven, I believe. Um, and you see some of those young guys coming along, namely Jonathan Kaminga. Looks like they're going to get Chris Paul back here relatively soon. Um, and Clay, Clay Thompson, his, his first bench game, um, he, he dropped 35. That team, I, I've been trying to make sense of them. I mean, early in the year, I said, okay, it's done for them. It's completely done for them. But I still see a path for them to be a lower-seeded team and upset some of the teams at the top of the Western Conference because in the end of the day, um, if they are a playing team, they get to that 7 or 8 spot and you're matched up against the Timberwolves or the Thunder, they have the championship DNA and the experience over those teams. Um, what do you think about the Warriors? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Warriors are one of those teams where I was on the verge of saying, okay, they're probably done. And then they went on this run, like you said, six uh, of their last seven. They've won. They've looked really good. Clay Thompson is now adjusting to a role off the bench, and that seems to be something that, I mean, based on the, the first results there, that, that that could work for them. So this is, I mean, they were the lower seed against Sacramento last year in the playoffs, right. and they still got through. This is the team 
they could be the proverbial team that nobody wants to see in round one. I mean, who wants to deal with if you're if you're Minnesota and you're having your breakthrough season, who wants to get the reward of drawing Steph Curry in round one, knowing that he can just go berserk from three on any given night, and, and then you're going home. So I, I think that this team can still be a force to be reckoned with. They're not the Warriors of old. They're not uh, the team that, that everybody fears. They are very beatable, but they're also capable of hanging with anybody in the Western Conference, and that's what's going to make the West so exciting. It's that so many teams have a real shot at getting through here. But the Warriors, I think if they continue this run and they continue to stack up wins and it's looking like there's some separation, they're probably at least going to be in the play-in. Um, they're, they're not going to be an easy team to deal. They're not going to deal with. They're not going to be an easy out come playoff time because, like you said, they do have that championship experience. And at the end of the day, they've got Steph Curry and nobody else does. And that can be a major deciding factor. I mean, I totally, I, what I foresee is truthfully last year when we had the Lakers get the seven spot, the Grizzlies in the two spot, an up and coming team versus a team with experience who played really well down the stretch. We're starting to see the Warriors play like that. It feels very similar to that, is how this could all shake out, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's it. That's exactly how this could, I mean, if you're OKC, who isn't really playoff tested, Man, you do not. You don't want to see the Lakers. You don't want to see the Warriors. You don't want to see these teams with that kind of experience in round one. That's for sure. Um, who's at the top of the Western Conference right now? When you talk about like making it out, is is it the Clippers? Is it, like, truthfully, they've stayed healthy. They've been phenomenal all year since they got James Harden. I, I have to eat a little crow. I didn't know that it would it would go this smoothly, but they've been phenomenal. Like, I, I mean, is it the Clippers? Obviously, you don't want to forget about the Nuggets, but the Nuggets are not pacing the season the way they did a year ago. No, I mean, I still think the Nuggets are, are the team to beat in the West. They are, I mean, they've, they've lost three in a row, but you can kind of, you get the feeling where they're ready to just fast forward to the postseason. As long as they've got everybody healthy, they're so smart with the way they execute down the stretch. You've got some other teams, and the Clippers have been great, don't get me wrong. They're right there with them. Wouldn't shock me if the Clippers were to get past the Nuggets at all. But Denver, you see the way they execute late in games. They know exactly where to send the ball. They know exactly where their shots are going to come from. And they just find ways to produce late in games. So even though they're sitting in the four seed, I, I kind of feel like it's just a lackadaisical thing right now from the Nuggets where they know, they know they don't have to push down on the gas pedal much right now. It's just about getting into the postseason. And then they'll pick things up again. So I still have them being the top of the West. But right behind them, yeah, I would spot the Clippers. I would spot them ahead of... Minnesota and OKC, who are actually ahead in the standings right now. The Clippers and the Nuggets are 3-4 respectively, but I would order it in terms of power rankings. I would go Denver and then Clippers and then the other two uh, in that order because I do think the Clippers, with their experience, with the firepower they've got, they are, I think, the most likely team to upset the Nuggets right now in the West. Talking with Trevor Lane at Trevor underscore Lane on X. Now let's let's move over to the Eastern Conference and really what's come under fire through the All-Star break is... uh, you know, the Bucks three and seven with Doc Rivers in his first ten, and you have JJ Reddick going on ESPN on first take saying he throws everybody under the bus. I guess I'll start with JJ Reddick's comments. Do you find any problem with them? Do you find any disagreement with them? No, I mean look, JJ and a lot of these guys they're gonna do they're gonna say what they think, they're gonna say what they feel, and I don't have a problem with that, especially because you know JJ, it's not like he's saying this stuff behind Doc's back. Like, these these comments are going to get to Doc. He knows he's going to hear them, and if they want to have a conversation about it, they can certainly do that. They're, they're going to move in the same circles. So 
I don't have a problem with JJ saying what he thinks uh, as far as all that goes. It's certainly going to generate engagement for him. So I, I think it's great. If he, if he feels the need to call out Doc Rivers, to call out the Bucks, and call out what's, what's been going on, um, I, I don't have any issue with that whatsoever. Once again, that, that's something where if Doc ever, ever has an issue with it, he can call up JJ directly and, and address it. So, um, yeah, no, no problem on my side from that, but three and seven in the last 10, it, it's been, it's been tough for a team that should be one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Now they're still 35 and 21. It's not like, right. not like they're suddenly below 500 or anything like that, but you gotta start being a little bit worried if you're the Bucks. How much of this is you're kind of just cruising to the postseason versus is, is there something really wrong here with the Bucks? Because this is the team, let's not forget, that shockingly got bounced in the first round last year when most people had them as an Eastern Conference Finals uh, team at minimum, if not an NBA Finals team. So they've got a lot still to prove, and this stretch is not going to make their fans feel any better about the quality of this team and what they can do in the postseason. Well, they were ready for Cabo, according to Doc. That, that's the thing about the J.J. Reddick <laughs> no, comments. Is it just it, it? He's right. I hate to say it. I hate to put it out there that bluntly, but he is correct. I remember when Doc was uh, coaching the 76ers, he had a, a full tirade. Somebody asked him about his playoff success, and he's like, you know, when I was with the Magic, we were an eight seed, and we didn't have a whole lot of talent. Uh, when I was with the Clippers, Chris Paul's hamstring gave out. Uh, with the 76ers, Joel Embiid's been hurt, and he has not been himself. It just feels like there's always something with Doc. Yeah, I mean, Kendrick Perkins being out is why they didn't win in 2010, right? <laughs> right I mean, exactly right. It's, it's, it's always it's always something. You know what? I mean, when you blow a 3-1 series lead, like you, you've got to have something to fall back on. And and I guess that's what what's happening here. But, yeah, I mean, look, this, this team should be much better than they've been recently. Can they still turn it around? Yes. And I'll tell you this, Gabe, right now I'm looking at the, at the Bucks schedule. It's this coming week, this next week here, this is their shot. Starting Sunday through next Friday, it's Philadelphia without Embiid, two games against the Hornets, a game against Chicago. That is their get-right stretch, right? We talk about get-right games all the time in the NFL. This is the opportunity right here because after that, they go Clippers, Golden State, Lakers, Clippers right. again, Kings. It gets really tough. That's their window. They have to figure things out next week, otherwise they could be in for a real bumpy ride. And isn't the biggest thing with the Bucks this year, yeah, they don't really have a perimeter defender. They tried to bring in Pat Bev at the trade deadline. Um, but I, I think more so than anything, Dame's not himself this year. And that could change with these last 26 or, you know, the second half, even though it's not actually the second half. Um, but I, I look at Dame and 34% from three and 24 points per game, and I think, what, 42% from the field? That's not That's not what they traded for. Yeah, I mean, you would expect those numbers to come up, right? Considering the last season with Portland, he was 32 points. Okay, that's a volume stat. But 37% from deep last season, uh, getting to the free throw line almost 10 times per game at 91% efficiency there and 46% from the field. That's great. That's on a Portland team that had to lean on him heavily to do pretty much everything. Typically, when a guy goes to a team where he has more help, the shot attempts go down, but the shot quality goes up. Right. The percentages go up because he's getting more wide-open opportunities. That hasn't happened here. And so hopefully what's happening is not Dame slowing down. He's a, you know, a smaller guard. He's 33 years old. If that's happening, that, that could be problematic for Milwaukee moving forward. He's still great, but he's just not quite that hyper-efficient guard that Milwaukee thought they were getting. And I think that that's, that could be an issue for them. They really need him 
to figure it out. We'll talk about the Bucks needed to get it right over this next week or so. Dame, you know, coming off of the three-point contest, can that kind of jumpstart his season? Because they need that efficiency to go through the roof over the next few weeks. Playing off of Giannis, he should be getting plenty of open looks and needs to start knocking those down. Now, the 76ers, uh, do you feel like a free fall is about to happen? I mean, it sort of started here before the All-Star break um, with Joel Embiid being out. They lost uh, uh, five of seven I believe, before the All-Star break. Uh, but with Joel Embiid out and, and getting surgery and you don't know what it's going to look like when he comes back and how long that's going to take, um, it, it feels like they're just going to free fall. Free fall. And, 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 and what did you make also uh, on top of that? What did you make of what they did at the trade deadline, acquiring Buddy Heald? It, it felt like they just sort of made moves to make moves. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't hate the Buddy Heald move because they preserved all their future cap flexibility, which – they're in kind of a somewhat unique position that they can chase after a big name with their with their cap space that they'll have this summer. And they added some firepower in heels uh, without having to really sacrifice that. So I, I, in that sense, I think it was a good move because you, you were able to, to kill two birds with one stone. You added a player that can really get hot, that can give you some scoring with them beat out, uh, obviously not in the same way, but can give you that scoring punch and you didn't negatively impact your future at all, really. So... I liked it from that perspective, but yeah, I mean, this team, let's face it, this is, this is what it is. Without Embiid, they're done. Yep. They're, I mean, they're, they're done. And there's a lot of teams that are in that boat. There's a lot of teams, if you were to take their guy off the team, they're done. So they are right now just trying to keep their head above water and hope that Embiid can come back and get ramped back up because who knows what percentage he's going to be back at. Even when he gets back on the floor, they need him to get back to 100% come playoff time. I am as big of a... Tyrese Maxey uh, guy, as you'll find, right. I, I have such an appreciation for his game, but he's not enough to get them where they want to go, especially if you look at their upcoming schedule, New York, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Boston. Like, they, it's a tough stretch for them. So I think this slide is going to continue for the 76ers, but the only thing that really matters to them at this point is staying out of the play-in, which I'm not certain they're going to. It's going to be – it may end up being close. Depends on when Embiid comes back. But all that matters is staying out of the play-in and getting Embiid back and healthy. After that, they will take any slot they can get and just hope that a healthy Embiid is enough. And if they don't get a healthy Embiid back, then none of this matters anyway. Now, how about these Grizzlies? Obviously 20-36, and 36, but um, they won two games going into the All-Star break with just, I mean, G League, two-way, 10-day guys. Now, they've converted two contracts, and I want to ask you about those guys. G.G. Jackson, Vince Williams Jr., how much do you think they've found going forward for this rotation going into next year and years to come? Yeah, I mean, I think these are both really solid pieces that, that they've found that uh, have the ability to help this team. I mean, you look at you look at their last game, which they beat the, the Bucks that we've been talking about. Right. I mean, Williams Williams goes for twelve boards and seven assists with eighteen points. Gigi Jackson twenty seven points on six of ten from three. I mean, that that's found gold when you can get guys to to show that kind of ability. That's not like you're going to expect them to do that kind of stuff next season once Jaws back, once Dez is back, once those guys are back in the mix. But knowing that you've got that kind of a talent, that is a way that you can capitalize on a lost season without it being truly a lost season, right? You can still get something from it because now you're finding pieces that can help you next year. Is it going to be pretty at all times this season? Is it going to be fun like that went over the box? No, of course not. But, but 
if you add pieces at a low cost, right. like you've done here with Gigi Jackson, we've done with, with Williams, you, you're you're making progress, and that's exactly what the Grizz need to do right now. Yeah, and with the luxury tax implications, like they sort of lucked into a little bit of money ball here with those two guys. I, my favorite stat, because I think Dylan Brooks is 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 a guy who's who's missed here to a certain extent in Memphis, but obviously they were never going to be able to pay him, you know, the whatever ninety million dollars he got over four years. Um, but when you look going into next year, he's going to make $22 million with the Rockets while Marcus Smart, G.G. Jackson, and Vince Williams Jr. are going to count uh, It's for $23 million going into next year. They lucked into Moneyball, but you're definitely glad considering where they're at in the luxury tax. You're glad they did. Yeah, 100%. That's the type of thing that can make all the difference in the world for, for your team and how you're building out the rest of your roster. I know some people don't like getting into all the – the financials of it and everything, and you just want the best players. But you got how to you though. assemble a team in terms of the contracts? Yeah, that that matters. That matters a ton, and uh, and they are definitely fortunate to have found these guys. And again, it it adds a little bit of fun, a little bit of excitement uh, to what otherwise you know is a pretty down season for Memphis. But as I've been saying, I think they're a team that can be right back at the top of the West as soon as next year. So obviously the trade deadline, they made some sort of money-saving moves, some roster flexibility moves. They're probably going to add a center to, to put alongside Jaron Jackson Jr. going into next year. Um, but but they're going to have this lottery pick. I, I mean, how, how do you expect them to use that? Like, I, I know it's probably a little too early to sort of um, – talk about that and really project exactly what they're going to do. They're probably going to look at some prospects, figure out where they land in the lottery, and then decide from there. But I feel like that pick is is definitely one that's up for potentially being moved around the around the draft. Oh, I agree 100%. I think, you know, this is I think one of the challenges is that you need some teams to start getting excited about the draft. Uh, what we've heard so far, especially at the trade deadline, was that the value of 2024 picks was somewhat suppressed because teams were seeing it as a weak draft class. But you know what? The closer we get to the draft itself, the more teams are going to be fully invested into watching footage of these players. And I'm not even into my, my draft analysis just yet. Right. But teams are going to be really digging deep into this stuff. GMs are going to be getting really involved into this whole process. And what you need is for some teams to start getting excited about some of these lottery pick players. Because I, I agree. I think that when you've got so many guys, you've got so many talented players that are right now just out for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are not this team. They're not a, a lottery team, right, if they've got everybody healthy. So when you've got the kind of talent that you're projecting to have come back for next summer or next season, I think you've got to consider moving that pick. If you can find the right offer, you can find the right team that falls in love with the right guy, absolutely. You can get yourself a boost. Uh, to, to really hit the ground running next season and be, again, like I said, right back up there at the top of the West. That pick has got to be made available. You've got to find out what's out there, what kind of offers are there. Um, if You can find a young talent that can help you out, sure, but mm-hmm. I think Jaw is ready to win right now. So I'm if I'm the Grizzlies, I'm shopping that pick for sure. So with that, I, I know I'm going to sound glass half full, but hey, it is what it is. Um, I, I, I've been very happy to see Vince Williams Jr. and Gigi and some of these developmental guys and seeing what they give every night. It's been kind of fun to watch, believe it or not. I know that the, the, the last 26 games of the year are not going to be very fun to watch. Everybody's uh, in, in Grizz Twitter is diving in, doing their deep dives into draft analysis at this particular moment, and I completely understand that. Um, 
But but could you view this year as almost a blessing in disguise? And and I don't mean that in the fact that like you didn't have high hopes. You had high expectations coming into this year, and they uh, inevitably fell short because of all the injuries. But because of those injuries, it definitely shined a light on the shortcomings of the roster. Um, you you had to give other guys shots, like Vince Williams Jr., who may not have gotten the same shot if all these guys were healthy at the same time and you were competing at the highest of levels. So, like, how much can I can 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 Grizzlies fans sort of look at this season as? Uh, yeah, it, it's it's bad. It's not overly fun, but long term, it may have been a blessing. Yeah, absolutely, and we've seen that happen a few times in NBA history where a team just gets besieged by injuries and other things and they wind up the better for it. We think about the San Antonio Spurs, the year that Dave Robinson got hurt and turns into Tim Duncan. I'm not saying they're getting that in the NBA draft, but we've seen examples of that happening before where a temporary step backwards actually helps to slingshot a team forwards because they're able to get that high-value asset with that draft pick that, that they got uh, out of it. So, uh, And in addition to, like you said, the players that they've now found, this could set the Grizzlies up very, very nicely moving forward. Again, that the pain of this season is not fun, but moving forward, this could actually put them in an even better position than had everybody stayed healthy and been available all season long. That's not out of the question. Again, the, the pain of this season is real, but I think the future is, is extremely bright, especially I can't wait to see what they do uh, with their pick on draft night and where their pick actually falls when we see that. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.